you want to hit the road and start traveling. The digital nomad life has been calling you. Maybe you want to be self-employed. Maybe you already are. Maybe you've got a remote job. But for whatever reason, you're putting the brakes on following that dream of yours to see the world and travel while working. I think this is a dream that many people have, but few people actually act on, which is why I'm so excited to share today's interview with you. Welcome to Searching for Sustainable Self-Employment with me, your host, Joey Clarkson. In today's episode, I sit down with Chad Weber and Kathy Trithart, my cousin and his partner, and we talk about how they wound up working as self-employed individuals and the current adventure they're both on, traveling through the UK and Europe for two months while working from the road. This one is juicy and full of lots of great tips for anyone who has ever had even an inkling of desire to experience this kind of lifestyle, with a very unique perspective as they are both in very different stages of their self-employment journey. Before we jump into the interview, I wanted to send out a friendly reminder that we've got other value-packed episodes of Searching for Sustainable Self-Employment available to listen to after this one. So if you like what we are doing here, make sure you follow us on whatever streaming platform you listen to your podcasts on. And if you're feeling generous, please consider leaving us an honest review. It really helps small podcasts like this one grow. All right, that's enough solo talk from me. Grab yourself a cup of tea or a cider and kick back for this in-depth conversation. in my living room here in Dorset with my cousin Chad and his partner and my friend Kathy and we've just had a fabulous week together hanging out and they have agreed to sit down and chat here on searching for sustainable self-employment which is great because they've got their stuff together way more than I do and I can't wait to ask them some questions so Chad and Kathy can you briefly introduce yourself to the listeners I'm Chad <laughs> I'm Joey's cousin uh, I've been self-employed for ages, probably 15 years now. Yeah. And this is Kathy. Hi, I'm Kathy Trithart. I have been self-employed since the end of 2020. Uh, obviously, a lot of people made, you know, career moves at that point because they were kind of forced to. So that's how I fell into this. Perfect. That's brilliant. Chad, you mentioned that you're self-employed and you've been self-employed for a while, but you didn't mention what it is that you actually do for self-employment. So can you let us know what your day-to-day uh, -day -day kind of looks like for work? I'm a video editor and a computer programmer, mostly websites. I used to do camera work as well, but the video editing lets me go remote, so I'm able to do that from anywhere. That's awesome. And Kathy, what about yourself? I'm actually an office administrator, which is hilarious when you think about the fact that I don't work in an office, I work on my couch. And uh, literally nobody that works in the company that I work in works in an office. Sure, our clients, I think some of them might work in an office or they might be working on their couches. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I just always thought it was really funny that I'm like, administration of an office. And I'm like, there, there is no office. There literally is no office. The office is currently the couch in my living room. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think it's really cool what you're both doing right now. The reason I wanted to have you guys on this podcast is because you are doing what so many people out there are currently trying to do, which is traveling the world while working remotely and not spending your entire day working. You're finding a healthy balance between activities and doing the work that you're contracted to do. And I would love to talk about that balance a bit because I'm sure as the people listening can hear, you're also Canadian. And as I mentioned, we're sitting in my country cottage here in Dorset, which is in England. So you're eight hours ahead of your current time zone. And I'm just wondering how that affects your workflow. Maybe we can start with Kathy first. 
Sure. So for my workflow, I'm actually tied to sort of business hours. I've got a lot of fluctuation as to when I exactly need to start and end, but I do put in a six hour day typically, uh, Monday to Friday, obviously. But I like that there's that little bit of sliding to it. So if I want to start a little bit earlier, I have to start a little bit early because I have other things I want to schedule around. Or if I want to start a little bit later, as long as I'm there for a very specific event, generally in the middle of my day, I can get away with going back and forth, which is super nice. It lets me do all sorts of other things. And Chad, I know that you have a very interesting case because uh, you picked up a new client while you were over here who's on Canadian hours, but your regular contracted employer, not contracted employer, what do I call that? I have no contract. No, you have no I contract. Signed, I, I signed, have no answer to no one. I have no contract. I've never signed an NDA or I haven't signed any paperwork for any of the people I'm working for now. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird situation. It, uh, it's a built, built on trust for sure. I guess what I'm trying to say is the people that you work with, uh, they work on various different hours, don't they? Yeah, I've got uh, Canadian clients and German clients right now. I had American at some point, but uh, they didn't need somebody else to edit that podcast anymore. So I don't have that. But my hours are very flexible. All I really have to do right now is make sure I get one video edited within a certain time frame. Uh, but like Joey said, I did possibly pick up another client uh, while I was away. But I'm going to do some editing tests for them. And we'll see how that works out. And it could be nice because the steady clients are very important when you're freelance because it gives you some stability and you know how much you could be able to make in a month. That way you can also plan around either finding new clients or finding, you know, piecemeal gigs. Totally. And that must be uh, nice to have, especially with Kathy having her set work hours here, because that gives you kind of a, a mindset of knowing what you can fill your time with when she's working, if you wanted to work. <laughs> Exactly. As we were planning this trip, I definitely said, basically, we're going to want to go out and do things. And that's going to be hard to do if we don't keep the same working hours ish. So if you could do as much of your work as possible during the hours where I kind of have to be working, then we can do as much traveling uh, and exploring as possible while still doing a 30 hour job. Yeah, that's I think that's great. I think that's a really good way to approach it as well. Um, Peter and I sometimes have conflicting schedules and it makes doing things a bit difficult. So it's really interesting how that's been working for you. You've been here in the UK for just over a week now, and you've managed to see quite a bit so far, and you're just about to head up to Scotland. I'm just wondering if you can walk us through what your trip kind of looks like, because I think people might be interested in seeing where you're going next and what you're planning on doing while working. Uh, we're going to be heading to Edinburgh for about a week, making our way over to the mainland. Uh, to Amsterdam, down through Germany, the Czech Republic, Hungary, and Romania. So our final stop will be Romania. After that, we're going to be flying back to England to fly back home. A lot of these are places that either one of us has been, both of us has been, or we've just always wanted to go. So I used to live in Edinburgh for a year, many, many years ago. So I'm excited to go back because I haven't been back in the UK for a decade. I tried to come back a couple of years ago and I think we all know why that didn't happen. And I'm mostly excited to continue going across the mainland of Europe because I've been to a couple of places, but I haven't been to nearly as many as Chad has been. And uh, he also used to live and work in Prague doing the exact same work that he's doing now so he can show me all around there and I'm very excited for that. Yeah that is such a cool position to be in because Chad has been doing this for well his entire life more or less and I'd love to chat more about how you've acquired the clients that you have in a moment but as Kathy just mentioned this is kind of the replacement trip for the trip that didn't happen for her a couple years ago and it's actually a very different trip from the one she had planned because she wasn't self 
self-employed at this time. So this is your first international self-employed trip. And before we move on to how Chad's gained his clients, because I am really interested in hearing about that, can you just talk a bit about how that feels and, you know, how Kathy from three years ago would feel if, if she knew that you were currently doing this? Well, firstly, it's just very exciting that I can come over here for more than two weeks. In my last job, I wasn't technically very high up the ladder, but they had all of these restrictions on us. So even though I didn't have any shifts, I was guaranteed week to week. If I wanted to go somewhere or just not work for more than, I think it was 19 or 21 days, I had to get it approved, which is just ludicrous. If you're making your employees jump through all of these hoops just to get a single shift every once in a while, then they should have the flexibility to take a long trip if they want to. I've actually quit jobs in the past because I've given them tons of notice. They would have tons of time to find, you know, somebody to replace me for a few shifts here and there. And they've been really sassy about it. And I just quit and went on a one month transit road trip through the United States to go to an event I wanted to go to. I was going to go for a couple of weeks, but I decided to go for the entire month because I could. Yeah. And that's what happens when you have control of your schedule, isn't it? It's and, so great. Yeah. But now I guess this is very different from that trip because now you have the security of having hours to help cover this so I mean hypothetically if you weren't locked into transit regulations on how long you can be outside of Canada Mm -hmm. as a tax resident and how is that even a thing yeah uh well mostly it comes down to losing your medical if you're out too long that's it and then it also depends on being in certain places and how long you're allowed to be there before visas are required yeah Yeah. so if if you weren't bound by those restrictions you could hypothetically be traveling indefinitely in in Europe if you wanted to which is quite cool Mm -hmm. um Chad you've been to Europe so many times before we've traveled a lot together we've met up in Rome very briefly when we were crossing paths on an escalator in and out of the city Chad also came on a tour uh, a couple tours he was over here in 2012 on the tour that I met Peter on actually and he got it on film which is quite cool he also came over in I think it was 2015 when we did a really long drive from Glasgow airport all the way to Hamburg and I thought it would only take a day (laughs) (laughs) it did not but you've spent a lot of your time working from Europe and I know you've worked from Prague you worked were you in Germany as well for a bit oh yeah yeah you're in Germany and you also kind of just puttered around like was it Portugal and Greece you spent quite a bit of time as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kathy and I were actually in Portugal back in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, but I spent a lot of time in Greece, yeah, Czech Republic, and, and Germany. Those are the main places. And what drew you originally to coming over to Europe to spend your time here rather than somewhere else? Back in 2012, Kathy threw out the idea of taking a trip to Europe because she used to live here. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's where we went. So we explored around and I liked it. I love that. That's great. And I know I'm going to be backtracking a bit because we went on a bit of a tangent, which is just that's to be how- expected. Yeah. That's what happens. Chad, you've been freelance for, without giving away your age, probably close to 20 years now. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> yeah, it's the big to 20 sigh years. of yeah. Well, actually, yeah, no. The first, the first uh, paid gig I got uh, doing video stuff would have been uh, two thousand three. So, so yeah. twenty years. So twenty years. That's yeah. a celebration, right there. It's a good yeah. thing you got cider earlier. Yeah, yeah. but I had, um, I had like other jobs, uh, you know, T fours that kind of thing, uh, where I actually had, was working for an employee until I think the last one I had was two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere in there. 
was the last time I actually worked for somebody else officially. That's still amazing. That's yeah. like that's 13 years of being completely self-employed. And I know that you've had an interesting journey to finding your clients because a lot of people move out of an employment role into self-employment and then they have to build up their clientele and they have to advertise their services and slowly build. Whereas you went to school for programming and video editing. Yes. Wait, no. Kind oh my of. God. Did kind I get of. this wrong? No, no, no. That's all right. Chad's my cousin. I should know this. <laughs> no, no. It's okay. It's ages ago. Um, I first started doing uh, like video stuff for TV, just a local station. Started doing courses that they had there. Gradually built it up over a few years to where people started paying me to do things. I started working for a small studio in town for a guy who just ran his own thing. He needed some help. I was hoping to do camera work. He needed an editor, so I became his editor. Uh, and then I slowly started branching out, doing my own thing. I had a small business doing that with a couple of friends for a few years. And then once I started traveling around, I dropped that side of the business off mostly and now it's basically just doing video editing for other people and very little camera work if at all that's a pretty incredible journey because actually as you're saying that i just have these uh memory flashbacks of chad and tj and sometimes other friends getting on bicycles and chasing down fire trucks to try and get video oh, footage on camcorders so they could pitch it to the local news station this is something you knew you always wanted to do and it's really cool that you've ended up in this area of work, even if it is as an editor rather than the camera person themselves. The client list that you have now, I know you've met a lot through networking from your past connections, and I don't really know, well I do, but I want you to say it out loud <laughs> so I'm not saying it. How much is that percentage? Can you talk a bit about your networking and how you acquired those clients? Yeah, all the clients I have right now are either directly people I went to college with or gained from people I went to college with. Uh, so it was all, yeah, other college students. So it's important to keep the networks going and to let people know when you're looking for work that kind of thing or what kinds of things you do when i first started doing programming as a steady gig it was because one of my old college friends was asked by one of his co-workers if he could help him with a job he couldn't he sent my name and that went on for this was like four years after college so like i didn't realize that was still going to be a thing i had picked up a few side gigs maybe five but they didn't really go anywhere and it wasn't until i got this one that it actually you know was something that was like every month or every week i had something to do yeah and i i generally do have work from this client which is great the other ones are the video stuff i do now the weekly videos that's a guy i went to college with he knew i did editing and so i started doing editing for him he knew i did programming as well because i was in programming classes with him he couldn't do it because it was in his forte and he didn't have the time so i started doing programming for him then started doing programming for his wife and uh, the new client i have is actually through through him as well the guy who was co-creator of the videos he split off he knows somebody who needs videos done and so he got a hold of me that's amazing so it is it's a big game of knowing people maintaining relationships and consistently providing high quality work and communication i think because you wouldn't get those referrals if you didn't actually provide a good quality of service which is really impressive to still have that going 20 years on. Oh yeah, you are well loved by your clients. Like to the fact that they've talked about like maybe moving to a, a country like in the southern hemisphere and they're like, well if we do, we're going to need a room for Chad. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's that's amazing. And I do have some questions before we wrap up this conversation. I did want to lead into Kathy because Kathy, I know you don't consider it your occupation because it's your hobby, but it is a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. And you also do video production for yourself for your YouTube channel, which is a booktube channel where you review um queer lit and uh just 
general books with a focus on current events and what your stance is on those events. And that's a big part of your life. I think it's interesting that it's almost interconnected with how Chad works as well. So can you talk a bit about your booktube channel and how you're maintaining that while on the road? Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love having a YouTube channel and I love the creativity that can go into that. And it it's always struck me as kind of funny, the fact that Chad gets paid to make these incredible YouTube videos and I'm over here just making my hobby YouTube videos and just being really <laughs> happy about it. Um, and with booktube in particular, I've, I've talked about over a thousand books on this channel over several years now. I think I've been booktubing for six and a half, well, six and a bit years now. Um, but I particularly started with booktube because I wanted to sit down and do a weekly wrap up of everything I read. And then I got scared because I thought, well, what if there's a week where I don't read a full book? I'll have nothing to talk about. <laughs> and that'll be really, really embarrassing because I love doing things on a routine, which you can tell because this last week was week 323 of my weekly entertainment wrap ups, where I sit there and tell you about what what I read, watched, and listened to. And I put in the read, watched, and listened to just in case I didn't have any actual books to talk <laughs> about to kind of cover my bases there. Uh, and the listen to used to be podcasts. And then I realized I could be getting audiobooks from the library for free that whole time. So it's mostly audiobooks, but sometimes podcasts. Let's just do a quick diversion here because yeah. you just mentioned something that not many people know. And I know that because mm -hmm. uh, I've met people who don't know this and you told me this. Let's talk about audiobooks for free and how people can access them because that's a huge resource and not only is it good for you because uh, if you don't have the budget to pay for audiobooks that you want to listen to you can still listen to them but it's also really beneficial for the libraries that offer it because it shows the province or the location that they're based in that libraries are still a vital part of the community that's necessary so can you tell us a bit more about how we can access that? I can definitely tell you about audiobooks I talk about book things related all the time and uh, I constantly am in like cafes or whatever and just like teaching people how to to get audiobooks. I will say that this is not available to everyone in every location everywhere. If you're not, if you, if you don't have a public library, for example, this is not going to be an option for you. And I don't know exactly what the rules and restrictions are in every country. However, in Canada and the States, I know for sure. And I'm pretty sure in the UK, although I'm not 100% certain because I've never had a library card. If you have a library card, your library generally has a digital collection in addition to the physical collection that everybody thinks a library is. So books, but then also things like video games and DVDs and all that. They have a digital collection. And with that, you can get ebooks and audiobooks and sometimes music and documentaries, depending on which apps they particularly subscribe to. So I use a few different apps through my library. And it's just as easy as going on the app and seeing if that app has the audiobook you want to listen to. You download it, it automatically returns after three weeks. So if you don't finish it, it's not like you are going to get dinged for keeping it back longer because they will. It, just literally disappears off your device. It's like magic. And it's great because I can still listen to it while I'm traveling. I can still pick out audiobooks while I'm traveling. It's as long as you keep up your library subscription in your home base, then you can just keep using audiobooks and um, ebooks as well and music and everything like that, depending on the different things that your library has. And it's just such a great resource because I've never paid for an audiobook. <laughs> I've literally listened to hundreds of audiobooks at this point and they've all been through my local library. That's incredible. That is such a good resource and such a good tip. So if you're listening out there, make a note of that. Check out your local library. It's not just a bonus for you. It's also a bonus for your library because their membership numbers will increase and that will be proof 
right there that libraries are still valid and that's really important right now with so many places moving digital so go chat to your local library get yourself a membership and hopefully this is available in whatever country you're listening to this podcast in at to one of those prepositions will be one right. of them will work the other thing is a lot of people are like well does that actually because a lot of people really want to support authors which you should continue to do that. That's great. A lot of people think that because it's free to them, the author wasn't compensated for that piece of literature. And that is very incorrect. How it works, especially in Canada, again, I don't know all the rules everywhere, is if they purchase the rights to lend out a digital copy of a book, be it audiobook or ebook, they can actually only lend it out a certain amount of times before they have to buy it again for their digital collection. So it's much like how libraries have to weed physical copies because they'll get mm -hmm. gross or torn or whatever will happen to them somebody's tea spills on them that type of thing but with this it's every so many lendings they actually have to pay for it again so the author is still getting royalties on things that you are getting through the library so if you don't have the money to go out and purchase every book you want to read ever which relatable and you have this resource i'm not saying that everyone does definitely use it and don't feel bad about it you're actually doing good things for the publishing industry that's amazing thank you so much for that kathy that's an incredible tip especially for businesses out there because if they're anything like me and it's they they're not just reading for leisure they'll have a big shelf full of books about businesses and <laughs> how to start them and how to grow and i need to get a subscription to my library so that i can have access to that and stop spending my money on physical copies of books <laughs> that's a great idea all right we've actually i knew this was going to happen i was like how are we going to chat for 20 minutes about this but actually i think we've been chatting so for easy. nearly 20 minutes it's so easy to chat with you guys i I don't want to have this go on for forever because this is your last night here and I want to play board games with you guys oh, <laughs> and nice. drink the cider yes. that you guys bought today. But before we go, I do want to chat briefly and ask you just if you have any tips for people who are starting out as self-employed people, if you have any tips on how to get to the point that you're at right now. Keep your networks going. That's basically the most important thing there. And if you want to get employed in a skill that you don't really have, start doing it as a hobby. Try to figure out how it works, break it down. For videos, try to figure out how somebody else did an effect or why the cuts they're making work so well, that kind of thing. With programming, it's a bit different. There's resources like freecodecamp.org where you can learn from the ground up. It's got some really nice tools and some great tutorials and it's free. So yeah, basically try things like that and get really good at Googling because no matter if you're you're doing video production or if you're doing programming or anything else, if you can figure out how to search for the specific problem you're having, you'll be able to figure out the answer that much faster. I think for me, the biggest reason I didn't go freelance first is it's so comfortable to be able to do your taxes super easily by just getting that T4 and plugging it into whichever tax software you use and just submitting it online. Like I had been doing my taxes myself digitally since I was a late teenager and I figured the taxes would be super scary and hard as a freelancer. So I just started paying somebody else to do it because when I went freelance, I was suddenly making way more money than I was making at my previous job because I'm actually being compensated very, very well for my time. Unlike previously where I was, you know, doing a bunch of manual labor and not being as highly compensated. So I figured splurging on having somebody else do your taxes just for that peace of mind 
has been really beneficial for me. I love that tip. I think that's an incredible tip because you can't be alone in feeling that way. That's got to be scary. That, yeah. w- that would have been scary. Now, did any of us have any jobs that actually had benefits to them, like uh, vacation, da- like paid vacation days or employment insurance, anything like that? My most recent one, no. But I had, I did previously have one job that had things like that. And then I started costing them too much money and they let me go. I had that one job over here where I was managing director for that company that worked with music education in the public schools over here. And that did include benefits, but I was drawn in and tempted by a salary number only to discover that I absolutely hated being employed. And that was my biggest stint of trying to be employed. And I thought I was going to like it. I thought I was going to, you know, let go of the the stress that self-employment has because we're talking about all the benefits here, but there are some parts that are really stressful. Kathy mentioned a bit about the taxes and, you know, paying somebody else to do them. I had a bunch of things that were stressful and I just thought employment was a good idea and it wasn't. It, it, it I missed I missed the freedom and I really didn't like not being able to make my own choices when I wanted to make my own choices. What about you? I don't think I ever had a job that included any benefits like that. Now, the employment insurance is a big one. Because as a freelance, you don't really get that. I think you pay into it with income tax. It might be a bit different. Uh, I haven't had to use it. But things like that, you have to be careful of because there are the pros and cons, along with the not needing to commute to work. But I mean, there's the remote work is a thing now. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot easier for, for people to get into that. They don't have to worry about the commute or putting on normal clothes, that kind of thing. But yeah, you, along with not having the nine to five, sometimes you also lose the stability of knowing how much you're making. So it is good to, if you're trying to break into freelance stuff to keep the job you're in for a bit now, pare back the hours if you can, and try to find clients or get into it while you've got that safety net still, because it is really important. And that also completely depends on the country you're in because Europe they get ridiculous amounts of paid vacation compared to the North America it's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous <laughs> I, I I don't disagree with that but yeah. for myself it didn't even those extra hours of paid vacation would never amount to uh, the freedom that I need in a job and again this is just a conversation between self-employed people like if you're listening to this and you're happily employed self-employment isn't for everybody It's just like anything else out there. Everybody has their own taste and everybody else has their own needs. And if anybody is ever trying to sell you on self-employment when it wasn't your idea and it's not something that you deeply desire, don't listen to them. If you enjoy your nine to five, nobody's telling you to quit it. Well, nobody here is telling you to quit it. There are a bunch of people on TikTok that are. (laughs) Everybody here is just sharing their experiences and their best advice for becoming self-employed if that's the journey that you want to take. Uh, Yeah, because if you are freelance, you're not going to have the same kind of benefits you are if you are employed by a business. Uh, so you have to make sure your rates are, are higher to compensate for that because your employer before was definitely charging more for you to do work for somebody else than you were getting paid for. And you have to make sure to, to balance that back out again so that you can, I don't know, put your money into a, uh, a RSP or a TFSA, use it for whatever, uh, and just avoid it completely undercutting the local market too is also a good thing to keep aware of. Uh, but I found once you have a bit of a name for yourself and people know you're good, start highballing your rates because that gives you a better place to start from. Because if people just start going, oh yeah, okay, that's, I'll pay that or I can pay that. That means you haven't gone high enough. That means that that was in their budget, uh, and probably by a lot. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing to try to figure out what you should be charging. Uh, but that's also a good thing to be figuring out when you do have these one-off clients and these uh, infrequent gigs, when you are starting to find new clients every once in a while, keep doing that. 
And then hopefully once you've got a steady gig, you know, kind of what you're already charging, what you're worth and uh, the amount that's going to actually help you in the, in the future with, with savings and stuff. And I think that was a good tip from Chad about uh, scaling back your hours and taking on some freelance clients if your current job will allow you to do that. And I think the thing that's really interesting about your relationship, Chad and Kathy, is that Chad, you've been self-employed for so long and Kathy, you're very newly self-employed and now you get to travel together. So you've had very different journeys to get here and now you have very compatible lifestyles and you're getting to do some super cool things. I hope that this has inspired people out there who are listening to this, whether that's to take on some clients and explore self-employment, whether that's to finally take the plunge, get on a plane and work your remote job that you currently have from a different location, or even if it's just to join your local library and get yourself access to some audiobooks and digital copies of books. I hope you found something in this episode inspirational, and I'm sure you have, because I certainly have. That's it from us for now. We did it. No more jobs. No more jobs! Well, there you have it, folks. I don't know about you, but I took away a lot from that conversation. I honestly think it's so cool that they are both traveling the world and following their dream in a sustainable way. If you want to know more about Chad and Kathy, I've linked their information in the podcast notes below. And this leads us in to the actionable task of today's episode. All right, today's one is simple. Well, Every week is pretty simple if we're going to be honest, but today is more of a dream board activity. I want you to sit down and I want you to write a list of places in the world that you've always dreamt of visiting. Then I want you to rank them in order of importance to you. Once you have this done, I want you to take the top three locations and put some completely dream-based dates beside them. Dates that you think you might be able to go and visit those places. Then I want you to start changing your language when you talk about visiting those places. For instance, if you have always wanted to travel to Europe and work from, let's say, Italy, instead of saying, one day I'll work from Italy, I want you to start saying, when I work from Italy. This simple change can psychologically help put you in a place where you actually believe that you can achieve the goal you're trying to achieve. So if traveling is important to you, but you haven't actually taken the initiative to start doing it, this is a great way to start setting some wheels into motion and to make sure that you are on the active lookout for the opportunities that will allow you the ability to actually travel to these places and work from them like you've always wanted to. And if traveling and working has never actually been a dream of yours, then, well, you can have a break from the actionable task today. If you found this episode entertaining, we've got loads more for you to listen to. Please consider following us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to your podcasts on and leaving us an honest review. We'll be back next week with another episode of Searching for Sustainable Self-Employment. Until then, that's it from me for now. Okay, bye!